Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh. oh my what? god. What? It's my cat. The has cat her hand is stuck so on the. Cute. What oh. is, back is, this, there? is this Freya? That's Freya. <laughs> and oh, this. she's go oh, and she this. went inside a little hole. Oh my <laughs> oh, no. god. And this is There Will Be Dust. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Uh, and I am. Uh, 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 this is another morning morning edition of There Will Be Duds. Think of it like uh, a Saturday morning uh, cartoon. Where Yeah, where we, we exclusively review all of our horror movies in the middle of the day. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally we're, too of, of we're too scared. We're too scared. Yeah, yeah, it's too scared to do this podcast at night. <laughs> um, uh, and I am your, your co-host, J-Spot Jack Cheese, a.k.a. TJ. Hello, I'm I'm Nick, aka Dr. Funk on Twitch. And I am distracted by TJ's cat. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> moose. I'm, I'm moose from Moose from the Pod, we decided. That's also my Twitter. Yeah, my it, Twitter handle now. I have a Twitter. Oh yeah. You're finally you're finally getting on social media. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have a go. Twitter. I I may or may not have just created it right now so that I can participate in the new mob vote for Minecraft. I don't know uh, how um, how much how large the overlap portion is of the Venn diagram between movie podcast listeners and hardcore Minecraft nerds, um, <laughs> but I I'm I'm holding down the fort there in the in yeah. The <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say. I mean, when I uh, initially made my um, my Twitter account, I made it exclusively to follow John Mayer. Because, <laughs> because he was like... I didn't like, realize you were a white girl, Nick. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Deep down inside. That's why That's why Get Out resonated with me so much. <laughs> um, no, because b- before there was Twitch, there was like Ustream. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. it was like 2010 or 11. But John Mayer was like, he live streamed an entire concert on Ustream. That's fucking and awesome. like Ahead of his th- it was it had one of those built-in features that was like join the conversation on Twitter blah 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 blah. And like if you scroll back far enough, my initial like early tweets are like at John Mayer like Ustream dot whatever whatever, and I'm like <laughs> I'll play this song. Woo. And like, yeah, I made a Twitter <laughs> account for John Mayer. So That's awesome, nice. If you made it for Minecraft, I cannot judge you for that. Speaking of John Mayer, I, I was on an airplane recently um, because I needed to fly from one place to another, as 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 it as happens. one does. And the flight attendant had a, a tattoo on her arm. It was um, just "Keep me where the light is," which, yeah. as you oh, know, okay. is a lyric from the hit song "Gravity" by Johann Mayer. And, That's one of my favorites. And <laughs> Jim Bramer. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, and I, I saw it and I said, "Hey, is that from a John Mayer song?" She said, "Yeah, you're the first person to ever notice." And then we what? fell in love. <laughs> it's one of the most popular songs of all time. Yeah, but yeah, it is. What? It's it's an obscure lyric from like the very end yeah, of the song. I suppose. You know? yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So that's uh, true. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, and most people, she, she even took, though that is a super popular song, uh, like ninety percent of the people who listen to it just know 
gravity. Yeah, yeah. where he says the name of the song. <laughs> yeah. That's, those are my favorite types of songs where they just say the name of the song so I don't forget what it's called. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I recently listened to a song called um, I Think I Fell in Love with the Girl on Checkout 6 in Decathlon. Decathlon is like a British version of the store Academy. And there's this there's this like funny music British guy. It sounds he, like Sufjan he, Stevens. He wrote, <laughs> yeah, so he, he wrote a song called I Think I Fell in Love with the Girl on Checkout Six in Decathlon. And hmm. the, and in case you ever forget the name of the song, uh, it goes like It's right there. I think I fell in love with the girl on checkout six in Decathlon. And then you're like, oh, that's <laughs> that's right. That's the name of the song. <laughs> so. um, I I don't know if you guys had one, but I do actually have somewhat of an intro topic. If uh... Uh, I I did, and I actually was going to lead you into one because I. Uh, but you you go first as long as we can. I'll I still want to bring brief. mine up, but yeah. Um, I think I finally found a comfort show on okay. Netflix, and. Okay. I think I think I am biased because it does Squid feature game. Noel Fielding but uh we've is been watching oh, the Great British, British Baking Show. Yeah, it and is. that's we, the one. Cuz cuz it's exciting cuz they're doing it week by week. Like they're not just it's, dumping yeah. all of it on there. And really? so that's kind of been a thing that we do every Friday or Saturday morning. New episode drops, we watch it. I'm like so invested in it now. It's like mm-hmm. I've never, I mean, it, we've sort of like watched it passively. Like Chloe's seen it way more than I have, but we, she's like, oh, do you want to watch this new season with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. And like, I shit you not. Like when, uh, when Giuseppe got a handshake last week from Paul Hollywood, like oh, I yeah. choked up, <laughs> I choked up and it's spoiler like over a alert. handshake. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We haven't watched any of the new. Oh, seasons. sorry. I don't. Sorry. <laughs> I I mean although I I understand how significant the handshake is. I more I do more like watch it passively. Mm-hmm. Um more so just because it was a show that Clea just started watching. Mm-hmm. Um and but like I'll I'm usually like watching when she's watching it yeah. and I totally I totally get it. Like there's another one that kind of has the same Huga vibes as that. Um making it or making it um it's hosted by uh what's her name amy poehler and nick offerman and it's like totally same vibes except it's people it's crafty people making arts arts and crafts type stuff but it's really uh yeah it's very uh very chill and yeah positive vibes you know type like yeah uh, it's it's not yeah and i think you know the the difference between like this and other cooking shows is like this isn't like beat bobby flay you mm-hmm. know or like you know mm-hmm. you know chef gordon ramsay's gonna kick your ass it's like i like those too yeah uh, i haven't i haven't seen a lot of those although like i don't know i've been reading um uh kitchen confidential like anthony bourdain's like big book because like mm-hmm. I've worked in kitchens for like going on like six or seven years now. And I've, when Anthony Bourdain died, a lot of people that I knew had like this big reaction to it. And like, I wasn't, I didn't know much about him, but like after reading 
like I guess I'm like more than halfway through Kitchen Confidential. The way that he talks about like kitchen life and like food and shit like that, I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Great British is it Baking Show or Bake Off? Which one? It's Baking Show. I was Baking I, Show. I, okay, I, I jumped the gun. I, <laughs> I, I shot it's one just, off. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so yeah, like you said, it's very chill. It's very wholesome. Like there are steaks. But it's not like you know people throwing steaks. Plates. I thought I thought it was about like oh okay. god shit. damn it. <laughs> um, but Noel Fielding, Noel Fielding is so oh, goddamn dude. funny. Yeah, which yeah, like he's great. He's, I, that he's uh, that is icon. That is sure. again just like a a plus. Well, like TJ and I are Boosh heads. I, Moose, have yeah. you ever seen the Mighty Boosh? I have not. Yes, you have. Oh, okay. Have I? I'll say three words. And you will you will have seen the mighty Boosh. And those three words are, "I'm old Greg." Uh, really, really, really. I okay. know. Oh. I know Noel Fielding from um, the IT crowd. Okay. And, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. And Fuck his appearances on British comedy panel shows yeah he does a ton of those i pretty mm. much just watch the uh like every year i watch the big fat quiz of the year oh i just him jimmy and, car I yeah just him and richard iowati make that show yesterday yeah. wasn't and he with it. uh and it was incredible russell brand on one of them he's definitely been on him at some point yeah. and uh uh david mitchell too okay. he's pretty he's one incredible. of my favorites too from Mitchell and Webb and Peep Show and stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, Moose, uh, the Mighty Boosh was like a, it, they did three seasons of it, but it was like a very, very strange, uh, not really sketch comedy, but it, it was like, uh, it was him and uh, Julian Barrett, which you might recognize him from other British TV as well. But it was like, they were kind of like a comedy duo and it was like, it, 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 the some of the set design almost had like, the production quality of like a high school play, but I think that was nice. part of the charm of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, it was. In it was a show of that like was Tim Burton, Peewee's yeah. Playhouse type. It stuff. felt like a kids' show to me, even though a lot of the subject matter and language is definitely not meant yeah. for children. But it's got that sort of whimsy to it. That's that's and definitely a comfort show for me. Is the Mighty Boosh, and also some of the stuff on that I could imagine being like childhood trauma triggers for kids like the crack fox the crack if i fox. watched that when i was like a little kid i'm sure he would have fucking terrified me <laughs> or like uh even like the betamax bandit or something yeah, yeah. or uh yeah i don't know i could think of like a bunch of different shit like nanageddon Nana- oh like a lot of good. that shit would terrify me i'm sure but yeah you should definitely check it out, Moose. I think it's on yes, Hulu. You if, you, if you like Noel Fielding and you like that style of comedy. I think I think at the very least, because, well, it's not the whole episode, but what Nick was talking about, Old Greg, that's an episode of the show. Yeah. But just the Old Greg storyline, which is like most of that episode, but I don't think it's all of it, um, has been like compiled and put in, onto like a YouTube video, and that's been seen like, by uh, a, by way more people than who actually watch the TV show. Like yeah. most people like have seen old Greg don't even realize it's part of a TV show. They just think it's like a weird YouTube video. When it was um, when it was described to me, someone told me, "Yeah, 
this show got banned after this sketch because it was so controversial or whatever. And then like I, I was like, yeah, this is in season two of this show. So like <laughs> you, but yeah, there was like this mythical sort of sh- shrouding to it. That's you know that's kind of how I was told. It was like, oh yeah, this show got banned because the old Greg sketch is like. It's Noel Fielding dressed up in like dressed up in like green face paint, and he's got like seaweed hair. He's seaweed like a hair. he's an aquatic merman, or is he? So because he's like he's, even more sexy than usual. Well, the me. main joke, and like you could probably, it's probably a little, I guess, problematic by today's standards, because the whole thing yeah. is like he's like I got a mangina, and then he lifts his skirt, and a bright light like blinds <laughs> Howard Moon. <laughs> And then oh he like God. he like whisks him away to his like aquatic uh like house under the sea and like holds him captive. It's very like it's very it's much like a, a meme. Time. Like if you he's like I'm old Greg. Like that's people recognize that independent yeah. of the show completely. Just gonna yeah. go ahead and add that to my watch later playlist. Your yeah, list of problematic things that I've suggested you watch. <laughs> um yeah. There's there's more than just that for I mean it is a little dated in that there's there's oh a Howard Moon doing blackface things. yeah yeah there's there's a blackface bit <laughs> well I think um, he's, he's more playing like it almost seems like he's like Hindu it's not necessarily I get I don't know I mean I think I think it's a lighter skin tone that like, but that's not great <laughs> yeah I think like the hitcher is okay because it's a fictional like he's c- colored green but. And like a fictional. The Mabu is open. The Mabu is open. Thing. Copper golem. Okay. Oh no! LA is winning. Sorry. Oh, okay. Keep going. Let's talk, let's talk about. Minecraft mob vote update. Breaking news: Voting is open. Four minutes left. Glad I got there in time. Still a classic. Yeah. Good. The only other show. thing I would have had as an intro topic would be I'm continuing to watch The Boys and I'm continuing to love that show. Awesome. Oh, okay. I just watched episode five last night before the movie. Okay. Which, yeah. I, so the thing I was going to lead in, which uh, I, I still want to get to mind, so. Yeah. But I just wanted to acknowledge that I saw you watch Scream for the first time. Um, yes. And that's that's one of my favorite horror movies ever. Um and I was I was just gonna bring up because it was in tying back into like it's Wes Craven we did Nightmare on Elm Street yeah um, we actually watched because we bought we bought we bought a Blu-ray pack that's the first three movies of the trilogy right so yeah. we we've seen Scream one and two now you should watch the fourth I don't know what the overall consensus is I on saw it, the fourth in theaters when it came out you did okay yeah number four is my second favorite actually really i think okay yeah i think for me it goes one four two three three is easily my least favorite yeah from what i've read yeah the the first one and the second one both got like i feel like the second one almost got reviewed higher than the first one maybe but yeah no they were both i think i think the second one's plot was a little more convoluted than the first one yeah i I think i think because the the it's like a whodunit basically like they wanted to like keep you guessing mm-hmm. and i think that was part of it was like oh you'd never guess it was this person yeah but and it, it's just like because it because they do that in the first one you know it's it's a whodunit mm-hmm. and then like the second one's just like ratcheting that up yeah um and then honestly i don't really remember where the third one goes with it but i like the fourth one because it's like 
I feel like it was exactly what it needed to be and what it was supposed to be. It's like mm-hmm. Wes Craven doing a super meta thing and it's like oh yeah we know it's like 10 15 years later so how do you do that and it's like scream but 15 years later and like how do you add to the formula how do you change it how does it change with the times changing and i i think like he nails in the first scream especially second one uh not so much but along the same vein in the new nightmare the meta elm Mm -hmm. street sequel thing um i just i really like that way that and now meta stuff is more played out i think especially with the advent of the deadpool advent but uh my deadpool advent calendar yeah uh now it's it's another turd that i pulled out yeah now it's just like look at camera and like reference thing that happened in movie yeah before you had to actually be like clever with right and uh i think the fourth one is still manages to uh i don't know i think i just i was just really surprised and pleased with how for a fourth movie in the series it managed to still find new things to say yeah. about it about the formula and whatever did you see the trailer for scream 5 no are they, they just... making another one yeah no they I just don't... dropped a trailer for it there's uh, i'm not sure if i like that because he's I feel like that's one that Wes Craven should be the only one to. I think he is doing do it. He's 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 not because he's dead. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shit. Well. Yeah. Usually when I'm when I'm editing the podcast, I like remove like long pauses. I'm keeping that one. <laughs> You're just gonna leave that one in. I'm just. I'm gonna let that Good. one sit and marinate for a while. Good. Yeah. <laughs> it's got all the. It's got all the cast coming back though. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Sh- I'm sure it does. But Speak- I also Jack Quaid is is okay. in it. Hey, okay. Okay. Um, I'll. I'll check it out. It really. I just don't. If. If uh. If I find that like Ryan Reynolds has a writing credit. I'm going to boycott Hollywood. <laughs> uh, uh, um, Matthew Lillard had a really good tweet because there was like a, a screenshot from the trailer and it was Ghostface kind of standing like like this, like looking at the camera and someone mm-hmm. took a side-by-side of Ghostface standing and looking and then the screen, like the, the shot from like the Scooby-Doo movie when he's like, are you fronting me oh, or something? And yeah. like put them side-by-side. Side. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Matthew Lillard is so good in in Scream. I oh. yeah, he is. Chloe's comment. Well, Moose, have you seen it? No. Oh. Oh. Is that is no? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Is that well, that's that's the one with the like Salvador Dali face guy? Kinda yeah. Moose, close your ears unless you if you're unless you don't care about Scream or what happens or whatever. I think oh. I think you should. Okay. Yeah. She basically said like. Matthew Lillard is like too cute to be like the killer. Oh. Like the way that he was like, Oh, you really got me good, man. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. she's like, No, he's too I'm feeling woozy here. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> yeah. like, he's too cute and wholesome to be the killer. <laughs> yeah. Alright, Moose, yeah. you're good. I don't know if you can you can He's hey. invested in the Hey in the Minecraft vote. You're now. good. We're not. 
<laughs> we're not waving at you. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we're just saying hi. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the other intro topic yet, TJ? Or were you going to say, Moose? Yeah. Oh, I also have an intro topic. Ooh, okay, okay. Since there's only three of us, we can just keep going in circles until... I guess, yeah, we should we should speed it up now. But, uh, um, yeah, I'll, I'll do mine, I guess. Uh, I just wanted to follow up again because of the relevance to the ones that we've done already. I finished uh, Midnight Mass, the new Netflix show by Mike Flanagan, who did Oculus and yeah. Hill House. And uh, yeah. I thought it was really good. Um, I was pleasantly surprised after the first episode i was like it didn't grab me mm. um but i think it got thing. yeah i guess it was um, really uncomfortable like especially if you don't know each other that well yeah yeah <laughs> um but i think it got better with each episode and i really really liked some of the performances especially uh hamish linklater who played the the priest um and yeah, I I definitely liked it more than Bly. It's it's probably like after I still think Hill House is is my favorite thing of his yeah. and then probably Gerald's Game and then Midnight Mass. I might like this second though. Um it just turned out to be really great. Uh I my my main gripe is that his it, Mike Flanagan's kind of known for his his monologues and they do kind of get a little long in the tooth and a little too frequent in that like there's a couple at the end where i'm like okay like let's this could this could this could yeah Uh, like we've talked about (laughs) this this topic a couple times i get it it's it's a nice moment but maybe if we hadn't talked about and maybe if we hadn't already had a couple monologues about this in previous episodes (laughs) this would be hitting me harder for the final (laughs) act but yeah uh Something I really liked about it was that, um, and I, I think, uh, like, it would maybe affect, like, people who come from religious backgrounds, uh, like oh. all of us more. Um, I watched Chris Stuckman's review on it yesterday, and he he's an ex-Jehovah's Witness, um, oh. and he said that, like, it really resonated with him, like, that sort of, like, cultish mentality, but... It surprised me because I was totally expecting it to be like more of a generic cult. Christianity is evil. Christianity's bad. Ugh. Like just eh, attacking like religion and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, is that like except for <clears throat> one character, no, like two characters who are atheists, and then one character who's Muslim. Uh, everybody's christian like the good and bad people so i i really like when stories even even not being one anymore myself i really like when stories don't just attack christianity outright because then you're just going to get that hate from that crowd right like uh, a movie i like to reference for this frequently is the last temptation of christ because yeah 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 (laughs) no the last temptation of christ because I mean, and that did get attacked by a lot of religious groups, but I personally think that that's a great examination of the story of Jesus from a Christian standpoint and just from a, a storytelling standpoint. And that's like my favorite types of stories that aren't pandering, aren't, uh, but aren't attacking either. And I, 
I like that even the priest character, who is, without giving, t- I mean, it's pretty obvious from the beginning that he's, you know, he's got some secrets. I'll just say that, you know, he's not sure. all that he seems to be mm-hmm. to everybody. But they really humanize him, and even though he's doing some not great stuff, he's not just like, oh, it's because he's a priest and that's bad and he's evangelizing and blah 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 uh there's a lot of layers to his character he's my favorite character in the show um and by the end of it you just you really feel for him and he like everybody gets it's it's uh there's like a part where this one character they have the one like right hand man to the right hand woman i guess i should say to like the, the priest who's like even she's she's like even more zealous 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 Ze- just zealous uh then he is she's she's way more like fuck yeah i'm all in let's let's go full cult cult mode and blah 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 and or like Zelodius. the way that zelodius is also acceptable zelodius okay <laughs> and the way that she like later you know there's a part like in the last episode where one of the characters is like you know you're a bad person blah 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 but she 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 handles her with christian rhetoric which i thought was brilliant because i think that's what would that's i think that's the way that you to like hurt that character is to be like no this is why you're wrong because of what the bible says and then she's like well fuck i believe in the bones (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's the it's the west wing clip yeah yeah yeah, kind of, sort of. I believe that's what I, yeah. Along along those lines, yeah. And every it's it's a cool like you know they have the Muslim character and like he expresses his you know everybody they express all their different beliefs. The atheist is like this is why I don't believe it, and it's not all about religion. But when it does, I think it handles the different uh, uh, ideologies, viewpoints, different yeah. ideologies really really well. And as far as I know, fairly like balanced mm-hmm. uh so yeah i i would uh highly recommend it um i i gave it like an eight uh eight out of ten um i but yeah like i said personally i think it's starts a little weaker and gets better as it goes along the last like two three episodes especially like when the shit hits the fan i was like like mm-hmm. i was freaking out uh, and as always, that guy knows how to do horror. He knows how to creep me out. So, uh, if you're looking for something spooky, he knows how to. Yeah, I was gonna say I did uh, after our conversation last week. Wink. I guess it was two weeks ago now. Uh, I did watch uh, the original Oculus on YouTube, mm, and too. I th- I think. I think that was way more unsettling than the actual like. Oh yeah. Same. Uh, what you, Marisol in the film? I thought like the way that they. The the, the figure underneath the, cur- yeah. the cloak oh, and yeah. stuff. I, I was, thought like, that was way, really cool. I was super. Way, I was like, I don't know. I was way more unsettled, especially like near the end when like like all the figures are st- He's starting when, to lose it. I, yeah, the I was cool. I was scared, but kind of laughed when their mouths were open yeah. and like the yeah. the. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, like the you know yeah the it, was like, it was a little silly it was a little yeah, it, silly yeah but it was still like, and it was i think still the, creepy i think the, the main that, actor wasn't the, great either like he was uh, a little like yeah i got i get it i get that it's like mm-hmm. a low budget you know it's it's like 
that was before Mike Flanagan had made any movies, so it's not like he has. Uh, it's not like he has yeah. the pick of the litter, but it, that still kind of like hurt it a little for me. You but, think so? Yeah, um, I would agree. I, that like, I thought it was still really creepy. I feel like I mean, when it's forty-five minutes of a dude talking to a camera, like you can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I and I will say like because the As first the dude who's talking to the camera. Yeah, I, I and like for the first like fifteen twenty minutes, where it's pretty much just like the scene from the movie where mm-hmm. Karen Gillan is just going like, "These are my redundancies. This is the history of the mirror." Right. Um, I was just as like, I was just as into it as I was in the movie. I really liked just the. I like that. You know, sometimes his monologues are do yeah. work for me. Mm-hmm. Like I really like the whole that run on. Um, I just think it was when this when it got more demanding of him being like where he's like losing his mind yeah. and he's like ha 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 I I got you ha ha it, that was where it got a little, oh, yeah. A little less yeah yeah I can see that but I I wasn't trying to judge it too harshly or anything either so mm. yeah I I was into it that was that was some good shit I because like I could see what 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 y'all were saying about how like having it shorter and with less in it can can make a difference uh-huh. i saw that with the with the um the short film mm. mm-hmm. do you still do you do you still have time to squeeze in your little or like do you yeah or can uh, you squeeze in uh uh i'll squeeze squeeze it right on out um the <laughs> uh season three it's a very of- sexually charged episode right now <laughs> Season season three of You is out. Okay. Do you know what you, know what you is? I've, I've heard of, of it. It's the one about the stalker dude. Yeah. And it's from the um, point of view of the stalker. Right, yeah. And, oh, like, okay. he stalks it. Basically, he stalks a different girl each season, right? And so, but, like, <laughs> oh, they have oh to, I didn't know that. They have to, <laughs> they have to increase the stakes each time oh, no. that's his name you know because things just get kind of wild it's kind of like like dragon ball z or whatever the each new bad guy has to be and and oh, okay so now he's stalking mush and poo yeah <laughs> yeah that's exactly it <laughs> and then after Carrot that ooh, and then after uh, that he's gonna stalk kid boo that's got uh, other oh no <laughs> yeah so oh no i was thinking like okay how the fuck are they gonna top what they did and last season like how is it gonna how are they gonna increase the intensity even more and then i watched the first episode of season three and I, oh that's how that was my idea oh oh fuck. <laughs> okay. no yep they did this is this is definitely more intense than season two was uh-huh. and i looked forward to watching the rest of it you know because like you know how i am watching like tv shows and movies like if it gets too kind of cringy and awkward i have to mm-hmm. stop to like re- like compose myself and yeah, so, I mean, when the premise is a dude who's literally stalking someone, like that, that's going to happen to me a lot. So it's going to take me a while to finish this, uh, this season. <laughs> but, but um, I finished the first episode, and, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Well, so get this 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 little trivia because I was looking up that guy's name because I couldn't remember it. It's Penn Badgley because I know him from a movie, uh, uh, Letters from or where is it? I was just looking at it. Greetings from Tim Buckley, where he plays Jeff Buckley, and he he plays a pretty good Jeff Buckley. Um, he's you guys know he did 
His most famous song is the cover of Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. He, and, he died yeah. like tragically young or something. It's like him that. and oh, his shit, dad. Really? Oh, yeah. God. His dad is Tim Buckley. He died when he was like 21. And then Jeff Buckley died when he was like 24. He, he drowned. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, he, it's uh, yeah. it's pretty tragic, but uh, the movie's pretty good, and he he does a pretty good like he he is a pretty good Jeff Buckley, um, but th- the reason I brought it up is because right before that, on his IMDb, he played Cal Trask in a East of Eden short film. So no way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, it's I don't know if it's on. It's only it says it's only six minutes, so. I'll have to see if I can find that on YouTube or something. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of cool. Mm. Do you want to hit him with an ad break? Yeah, we do. Do um, you want to take an it? ad break? <laughs> hit him. Hit him with it. Like, that's like, always, like yeah. a bocce ball just over the head. <laughs> I'm adding the, the, the punching sound effects. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll take the we'll take the ad breaks and while we're on Kapow. the break, that's when I that's when I try to think of because I always hesitate. The segue before we go into break, because I'm trying to think of the segue, so I'll just do that. Okay. Do that now. Take your time. Welcome back, people. Uh, and speaking of dying young, we watched <laughs> Get Out. Oh Nobody oh my god okay okay whoa i was not going to go there <laughs> <laughs> i think it's you're the same a regular language. caleb landry jones over there with your little ukulele yeah, yeah. i think that i think they're both swahili at, at least i guess the songs um, are you yeah. are you yeah. are you being racist just assuming that every african language i mean is swahili? you're the one who went into the song yeah <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm. Uh, I was trying to give you a slight pass and saying this is I a great think start. At least there's a fa- there's, yeah, a perfect, a perfect lead into our discussion of Get Out from 2017, directed by Jordan Peele. Tells the story of Chris, a uh, a black man who's dating a, a white woman, and these are very uh, relevant to the plot of the of the movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and he's not just he's she, not just pointing it out for no reason. Yeah, yeah, he's racist. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. So this he, movie's uh, about a he, uh, an Arab uh, who meets a Chinaman, and they... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, uh, it is not the preferred he, nomenclature. <laughs> as uh, his his girlfriend Rose takes him to visit her white family in a very affluent white neighborhood, and. Uh, there are, I guess I should say there are some some black people present, but they are acting very strangely. And present is one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they're physically there, I guess. Um, yeah. And Chris starts to suspect something is up, and it turns out maybe he's right <laughs> under the covers, under the um, white covers, under the it. The- yeah. <laughs> The pointed and, uh, hoods and white covers. I, it's, I it's guess not explicitly Moose... KKK, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I guess since Moose was already already doing it, I one of my notes was that both intro songs are are pretty 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 slapping. They were they they they, they definitely got got to me. Redbone 
obviously, and then uh, I'll look up the name of the other one, but I'm pretty sure it's, like I said, Swahili, but... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, like, peak, like, uh, that, that Childish Gambino album that had just come mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and, like, Redbone it's, was inescapable. Yeah, it's uh, Siki Liza Kwawahenga is the name of that song. It is oh, Swahili. It is! Yep. Was it was it recorded and performed for this movie specifically, or was it did it already exist? I that I don't know. Okay. I I'm pretty sure whatever version was in it um was made for the movie. I don't know if it's like is it like a traditional oh, okay Swahili song or I, I don't know. It kind it kind of gave me like Harry Potter parcel tongue vibes. Siki Lisa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so this is for me. This is like the third time I've seen this movie. I saw it in theaters. Uh, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it in a beer garden, which is hilarious because it's mm. like, you know, white people paradise. But uh, <laughs> my first note with uh, Lakeith Stanfield walking down the sidewalk is like, and that's why I don't trust the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> but um Kalia was saying that she that Lucky Stanfield should have been the main character and then Daniel Kaluuya should have been the other one. That's just she thinks uh Lucky Stanfield's really cute. I mean, he is he a is. He's a and good I, looking and guy. And I would agree. Yeah, he is. I I like him both though. And uh hey, mm-hmm. if you is haven't seen it, I would her? I don't know about that. But uh if you want to see both of these guys in uh Oh yeah, in that's my right. opinion, an even better movie, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, where Lakeith Stanfield is the main character. Uh, their roles are kind of swapped, but um. So, you've seen this before, TJ? I've seen it. I saw it in theaters once, and then okay. so this is my this is my second time. So, Moose, have you seen it before? What are we talking about? Get out. Get out. <laughs> oh, the, it, you mean the movie that we're talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's why I recommended it because I wanted to see. Um, a new movie. I've been meaning, I've been the meaning only, to watch it and never got around. The only reason I ask is because I think if you've seen it before, it it I think it, it it's both detrimental and it it make it enhances it because it, it's detrimental in the sense where like if you know the logic, well, like what's gonna happen at the end, you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, duh, they're not they're not like they're transparent about everything. Like yeah. everything is basically telegraphed but i think it also enhances it where like you hear certain lines of dialogue or like see the way that they look at him or like wh- how they make comments yeah and you're like, right oh there was a like, couple uh, moments and you're like oh yeah. you know so i, I yeah. was curious if like if so you didn't know where this was going at all i didn't i was just Did like you pick up all i knew on is any that of they were like racists who were doing experiments on him or some shit uh, going into it but yeah so I picked up I mean like they telegraph I mean they gave it away with the fucking like auction the scene. auction scene yeah yeah um, uh, well, well I, I don't I know guess I guess I'll I, say I, the first time I watched it I had no fucking clue what was happening I clearly had to tell me that that was an auction really I, for some reason it just went over my head that's that's funny well but I thought it was funny because like because like he like told them that like they were gonna movie. be playing bingo, so like they were yeah. using bingo cards. Yeah. So like just in case he came bingo. back, they could be like uh 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 B seven. But how do you explain oh. away the fucking portrait of him? Of <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> he just hits it over. <laughs> like, oops. Yeah. Um, just admiring your your uh your physique and your uh 
your your genetics uh, uh, <laughs> yeah things. yeah um, yeah so I, I I didn't so okay the fact that that like nearly everyone like had their black person that followed them around or whatever and like so like Rod was like oh it's a bunch of sex slave shit and I was like I mean <laughs> that's an interesting hypothesis maybe not they're maybe not having sex with them but I mean obviously there's some funny business going on but yeah. I didn't I didn't get the whole trans like brain transplant thing until they explained mm-hmm. it. See, that's that was one of my favorite things watching back because I remember not liking his friend, the friend character, at all the first time I watched it. Really? Yeah. And then I wonder if it was if it was after watching Bad Trip, uh, the Eric Andre movie that that guy Lil Ral Howery is he's like those two are the main characters in it, and I really liked him in that movie. Maybe I just needed to like warm up to him, but I liked him a lot more in this. And I was like, I was, I was laughing pretty hard. That first phone conversation Chris has with him, except for like their motive, like the sex slave thing. He just like lays out everything. He's like, yeah. this is what they're doing. Yeah. This is how they're doing it. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And he's like totally right about it. I thought that was yeah. really funny. Yeah. Dude, that character was awesome. Uh, my was second great. note is, uh, this is just Josh Lyman's logical conclusion. Because <laughs> uh, the guy who I plays the dad, uh, Bradley Whitford, also played Josh Lyman in the West Wing, Moose, um, which yeah. ostensibly is like basically like how a liberal Democrat like White House runs. And uh, I, I guess what you said earlier is like... Although, that's the thing, is Jed Bartlett is a Republican. That's right. Well, yeah. he's like he's like a moderate, right? That's like the whole because yeah. like the whole thing is like he's basically a centrist. So like, yeah, I'm not beholden to any party. I'm logic and idea. I don't know. Mm. Um, but like, I think what, something what you said earlier, Moose, was interesting because you said, um, like, yeah, like they're a bunch of racists. I don't necessarily think that they are. Uh, I don't think they. Th- I don't think I they think, think they are. I think they're the, the point, type of people who are like. I'm not racist, but black I think people the point, are genetically seri- superior. And I like, think the point is that they're they're like well-intentioned progressive libs. I th- that's what her parents are. They don't hate him, and it, it's a it's a different kind of racism that's like not overt racism. And I think the point that Jordan Peele is making <laughs> medical experiments the- aren't overt. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm talking I'm talking about the scene where like all of the party goers come and they're like talking to him about like oh like blah blah black is in yeah, fashion the, or, or all whatever the microaggressions they do shit right that, and I, yeah and I think that's I, the point because I think what Jordan Peele is trying to do is skewer like if it was just like a bunch of Klansmen then like yeah okay we get it but all of the people I think that are shown are meant to be like those Normal those types of like people. upper yeah. middle class i'm not racist i have a black friend type of people no exactly oh, totally. but like that yeah. is but, but that I, it, that I is inherently that. like all the stuff they were doing was inherently racist yeah. like yeah i i think that that was the point is that it's like it's a lot of that modern racism mm-hmm. where it isn't like you know you don't like segregate water fountains but you're like you see a black person and you're like Oh, fair skin used to be in style, but like the first thing you go to is like, oh, hey, I like Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I would have voted black for Obama is now third time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or like, like you know, all of you know, <laughs> music and popular culture. It's like, you know, white people can't dance. All the all that kind of yeah. shit. It's like who's on the TV? Like you know, you're you're exploited and like incarcerated on levels way higher than everyone else. But in terms of like entertainment. Yeah, you know, it's very it's very popular to be a, like a black entertainer as like everyone, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z are like the two richest entertainers mm. like in the world. Shit like that. Yeah, so racism. So oh, the, it does <laughs> yeah, it's like it doesn't absolve you, but like I yeah. don't I, it, it's weird, yeah. I think yeah, so I think what it is is like I think they I think they don't I think they genuinely don't think that they are racist. I think them being like uh, you know, we're doing this because you know we think black people are better so since we think black people are better that we can't be racist right because we think they're superior but what you're doing is you are essentially (laughs) killing a black person to steal their to taking everything from them (laughs) and you are using their body to serve your purpose in your mind you are turning them into a mind body and soul slave to a white person so, yeah, so. With, with their superior like intellect and colonizer, you know, uh, uh, intentions or, or yeah, instincts. They, so, big, they're big, the racists uh, that can come off at first as like, oh, they're they're a little like cringy and don't know what to say, but they're well intentioned. But then by the end, you're like, oh no, they are they're they're making slaves essentially. Well, what's what's like they're, ironic they're making john malkovich slaves <laughs> I, I i had a note about john malkovich too because Catherine yeah. keener yep um yep. i thought it too <laughs> and like maybe this is like a dumb realization that was obvious to everyone else but literally the le- the guy who ends up i we're spoiling this movie right yeah who cares yeah we're, uh this the is, guy no, who, this is the one movie we're covering that we're not <laughs> spoiling <laughs> the one guy at the end who ends up like winning Chris in the auction that he can like inhabit oh, his yeah. body mm-hmm. literally Milton. can't see color. Oh yeah. Oh. He's he's okay. like, I don't care what color you are. What I want is your eyes. But it's like, that's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not racist. I just, I don't see color. Like literally, he literally yeah. does not see, he like, he doesn't see anything, but like, you know, that's that, that I don't does, know if that was uh, meant to be like the final boss of racism is the guy <laughs> who doesn't see color, you know? That's hilarious. Yeah, like uh, Clayton Bigsby from Chappelle's show. Oh, yeah. was the, the KKK guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I think it's um, it it's really interesting this whole concept, um, that they're using the the black people for their bodies, like because I've 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 read takes <clears throat> about like white claims to black bodies and like so like slavery they didn't care about the person they wanted their body to exactly uh, do the work and that's what i was trying to like allude to too yeah. yeah and and then also like with all the um um sexual assault that took place and takes place of um uh like that's like a taking like essentializing a black person to their body and then, and then people also will talk about, um, like, uh, uh, sports and mm-hmm. um, uh, black athletes being valued just for their bodies. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought... Like Jesse uh, Owens. 
shit yeah like jesse owens that they brought up so many times in the movie and so like i i thought that was pretty on the nose that like the it like the, like you know like, like we were talking like they think that they've fixed racism because they think black people look better but but they're they're just like entering like like racism 2.0 where they take it all the way <laughs> and they're literally yeah. taking that's over the turbo racism bodies. that's what yeah. i think it is is that yeah that that's what i think it, it's supposed to be an allegory for is like yeah totally it's it's modern like slavery it's it's scientific mm-hmm. uh yeah um it's it's like the the um the logical conclusion yeah 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 know. and i think what's funny about this movie is the way that it, it it portrays her dad you know she's like he's like yeah he's not racist but he's gonna like you know the my man stuff and mm-hmm. i would have voted for obama for a third term like it it, it definitely like shows its target but I think it's almost like cyclical because I think a lot of the people that are like, I get get out. I understand. You know, I guess maybe even us right now. Like, I understand <laughs> it. But then, like, they end up being, like, the exact same type of people <laughs> as, like, the dad even. Yeah. It, it, it almost became a thing where, like, everyone, no one wanted to admit that they were, like, the target of the movie or, like, that they had the same sort of ideals as the parents. So, like... It, it became this campaign where everyone was like, no, 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 no. I actually understand the movie. Like, I feel like there was a ton of that in, like, mm. progressive, like, liberal spaces after this movie came out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely – what am I trying to say? Like, we were talking before about how, like, I – before the podcast, we were talking about, like, how I, I personally feel extremely underqualified to, like, discuss and analyze and critique the movie <laughs> in a public space like this. And like I, like I feel like such a douchebag just having mansplained the fucking like, <laughs> you know, black bodies thing, you know, because well, because it's like it's not really like, like it's not my story to tell, you know, and like I'm and, like I, I'm sure I fucked it up in a lot of ways, you know, but at <laughs> the same time it's like like I watched this movie and I'm like you know learning from it. I mean not that it's not that jordan peele made this movie to educate white people but like like i i guess what i'm trying to say is um i'm not the person that nick was talking about who says oh i get this movie it's not about <laughs> like, no this is definitely like this this there there's there's definitely <clears throat> a big old like shitty ignorant racist chunk of me that mm-hmm. uh that is um feels called out by this movie you know like i so like um i i grew up in a fairly diverse um area of houston and um there were all colors and cultures and whatever Mm -hmm. at my high school um and i thought that i was you know oh yeah i i know all these black people i'm like totally you know i guess the people hadn't people weren't using the word woke in 2011 but i felt like oh yeah i i got this and then uh one of my friends invited me to her graduation party and it was um i was one of two white people there and um everybody else was black like 
you know, family, people from church, all, all kinds of stuff, all, all people from all from. It was just it was a very black gathering. I'll just I mean I'll just say it. Sure. And um, you know, and everybody was extremely friendly and all this, and I was like, oh wow, like like what an authentic like black experience. And I felt like such a douche for even thinking that, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> like, uh, like I, it's like, I, I was, I felt, I, f- I felt bad for being uncomfortable. And then I felt bad for feeling bad about being uncomfortable for, and then, for being like, you know what? I'm one of the good ones right yeah, now. Like feeling yeah, like th- th- those exactly. sort of like and, thoughts. And then, and then realizing like, I've, I've been living in this, in, in this town for years and years and i like i i'm still the kind of person who would feel uncomfortable in this space and then like um we all and then like i like i started hanging out with like the younger crowd and we were listening to music and like i like i chilled out you know because like you, like you do like at any sort of gathering it's awkward at first and then you get used to it and then you chill out and it's like at the end of the day like it's a graduation party you know like hang out with your friends make fucking friendship bracelets or whatever you do and then just like <laughs> like listen to uh, to music and make fun of the old people downstairs and that's that's like so uh, there's almost like a tendency in quote unquote like white space like white culture white spaces code for there's a tendency in moose's brain to like sort of over analyze this kind mm-hmm. of shit and mm-hmm. like try to like think at it from every every angle to where you can find the the one approach that makes you the least racist when <laughs> the i mean maybe the like the way to do it is just like we're all, like to acknowledge the you know the the history and the culture and all that stuff but at the same time like when it comes down to it you're a human interacting with another human yeah that's the real shit you know that's 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 the solution to the whole like oh i i know i met tiger woods that guy's awesome kind of tendency (laughs) in us you know yeah so i think it's like i think it's a very difficult needle to thread and I think I think I think TJ and I can both sort of relate on this in that we both come from very very small, rural white conservative towns, and there was definitely a point in time where like yeah I I was so off. I'm not gonna be one of those people who's like I was never racist. I was one of the good ones from the start because it's like it, no no I was not. I was awful. Like you know, and, and it wasn't even like it was just a lot of that was like uh, uh what's the um. God, what's it called? Like unconscious bias, like yes. stuff that I wasn't even aware oh, of that sure. was like being ingrained in me, or just like casual comments that I would hear people say, or like I, I guess that would be like you know your microaggressions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, your blind spots. Yeah, blind spots. Stuff that like I was sort of like taking in and didn't realize like the implications of what it meant until like years later and i'm like oh shit okay that was bad i should not have thought that you know at that age mm-hmm. and you know and then y- you grow older and you you unlearn a lot of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i guess i don't necessarily feel 
as uncomfortable discussing this stuff because I it, it's interesting because it, it seems almost like contradictory sometimes where it's like you know you can't talk about this stuff like as a white person it's not your story to tell but then on the other hand the other narrative is like silence is violence white people need to speak up <laughs> so I'm like so we have one? to defend the white people in this movie because that's our experience that's what we know yes yeah, you know <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i feel like the woke take is i feel like woke segregation is like a real thing where it's like hey stick to your own this is your own culture and like you shouldn't be fetishizing other cultures or whatever and it's like well that's kind of separating them huh yeah it's not super great i i see how i see i see how that can be a take on it and i i mean the, the disclaimer that comes out every time that Nick and I talk about this kind of stuff is like, I'm not as on TikTok as Nick is. So, <laughs> so um, but I, I guess with the, like my experience of woke white people in real life, as opposed to online has, has, um, has been more, um, what the fuck am I trying to say? Internet is not real life most of the time I'm, yeah i guess and it, I guess it's I'm filtered to, it's yeah. filtered down to you so it's yeah. like you know yeah I, i'm trying to say that like like um this whole like separation kind of thing isn't isn't what i've experienced it's it's more like just kind of like like a like okay here's how i, I think let it. me let me let me refine here's, my point a little bit i think what okay. I, I think what i'm saying is like it's very popular in academia like as people learn more about this cultural cultural stuff, I think it's like sort of a popular take in academia to be like, actually like talking about like who can who can enjoy what cultures and stuff like that. I think it's like I think that's I think it's coming from a lot of like upper middle class educated mm-hmm. like white kids who are like in academia that are like wanting to that, that sort of like speak in this way. I think I know what I was trying to say now. Okay. With respect to this whole, like, be quiet, speak out kind of dichotomy, the way that it's been, um, the way that it, the way that it's made it through my skull and into my brain is my role in all of this is to listen to, the, to black people, to the black experience, and then in turn to educate other white people about this kind of stuff. Because, you know, like people say that it's like, like, it's not a black person's job to educate you on how to not be racist. Like, that's exhausting. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, like, as someone who's trying to be conscientious about this sort of thing, my role is to sort of spread the anti-racism among, uh, in in, in spaces where, uh, where it needs to go where that's that it's like too exhausting or for like a black person to do like not that it's like not that it's too exhausting but that it's like like it's not their job it's my it's my job i guess well, and i'm but i shouldn't like try to but it's not my role to like try to explain racism to the the graduation people at the graduation party that i went to and to be like oh no racism is actually this and they're all sitting there like bro this is my lived experience what are you talking about well to your point i was going to bring up um to talk about the actual movie there's kind of an example of that in in the movie when they get pulled over by the cop at the beginning and he has to see chris's license chris is just like 
okay because he he's just like it's not worth it you know yeah, he's mm-hmm, just like totally. i'm just gonna do it and but then the girlfriend's like no we don't have to do that and he's like he's like it's okay it's fine because i think i think that's because he's like you know if he tried to fight every single battle he, he yeah it, it'd be yeah. exhausting yeah totally. i think rose is definitely supposed to be like the sort of like white savior <laughs> of the movie of like you know it's sort i mean it's like it's honey, hard to tell because she is playing a she's playing a yeah. role like yeah right I think she's the, just a psychopath, which you can see in the scene where she uses yeah. Bing instead oh, no. of Google. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was Bing for you. For me, it was it's having a glass of milk with oh, a straw God. in it, and oh. then eating the and like eating Fruit the Loops, Loops, like eating oh, a spoonful oh, of Fruit Loops, and then drinking the. I don't think that I even realized that that's what so she was doing. That I'm pre- That was the scary. Yeah, oh. she had a little glass of Fruit Loops, and she was doing them separately. Oh separately, man, they really went that... overboard. I wonder if the Bing thing like... was on purpose. Then, if, <laughs> if they were going <laughs> overboard. <laughs> no, I mean they all had Microsoft phones. <laughs> oh okay. So I, I think that was like I think that was a little bit of product placement slash okay. Microsoft provided like the Surface Pros and the phones, and so it's like mm-hmm. of course she's going to yeah. be using Bing. Yeah. As as their uncanny, proprietary search engine, as uncanny as um, like Georgina and Walter, and all these people like were. The Fruit Loops thing was the most uncanny thing in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big big uncanny valley vibes in this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and also, like, I don't like. Maybe I'm just a fucking misogynist pig, but when she like pulled her ponytail back and and like it changed like the way that her fr- her face was framed mm-hmm. and it changed like like she went from like she's like, like a different relatable character. to psychopath just like with that uh-huh. one i i i think that was intentional yeah in, in a way. oh my god yeah. and she like, turned into a horse girl she did. <laughs> like she a, a, did. the outfit that she's wearing at the end is very much like a horse yeah. girl outfit yeah. like yeah <laughs> Yeah, dude. That's the one thing they were missing, that family. They needed to be, like, equestrian people. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't understand. One thing that I don't understand. Okay, I'm not trying to get into the, like, phases of the moon here or anything like that. But when she pulled her, put her hair back in a ponytail, where did her bangs go? With them? I don't know. Have you never seen... (laughs) I, I don't know how, how they work, she, but I've seen I, girls do that before. One of the first things that I noticed in the fucking movie is how well she pulls off bangs. And then and then when she pulled her hair back, it's like there's not it like the ponytail was way back here, but the bangs aren't long enough to reach. So how <laughs> so where did the bangs go? <laughs> Were they like underneath different hair? But that doesn't make sense. That's not how hair works. So that's 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 the mystery. To me. um, I don't so know. I'm, so I'm looking at pictures, and it there. looks like she does have. So she does have bangs, but they look the fuck sort of like swept to the side and like a little bit longer. So I think it is entirely possible that they were like long enough to oh, sort of pull back, and because it was kind of like her knot was like you know higher. Oh, up. I'm seeing. Yeah, this so really I, is like. <laughs> Not. I don't know, but there was, but there was on. one that there, there's there there's a little bit that's straight up just like it get yeah. it gets down to just under her eyebrow, and it's like that doesn't 
This is that wouldn't. And reach. I'm only saying this because I just edited that episode, but this is uh, close up the smoking gun segment <sighs> that took like Let's not 15 minutes of the episode we, to just be like, "Oh my god, is it real or not?" <laughs> we do Let's this. not the get into real that, or not because we do this every movie. There's always that's the most that's irritating debate we've got into because it still doesn't make any do. fucking sense to me. <laughs> Let's not do it. Let's not do it again. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't an invite. I, I, <laughs> I was I was welling up inside like like Ugh. the rage was just boiling over. And now, it's, <laughs> now I need to now I need to calm down. Okay, well if we want to get off the uh maybe the the more uh uncomfortable stuff and like again talk more about the movie cuz again yeah, the that's what like all man. That's the what lighting. like all of my notes are. Is it really? Okay. That's what I said. I said it before we started. That's like, awesome. <laughs> one that I wanted to get into was the the dinner scene, which I really liked. And uh, one of my notes for that was I really liked. There's a lot of like subtle facial, and this could be from a repeat viewing, like Nick was saying, like catching things that maybe Moose didn't pick up on. I don't know. Um, some of it's not so subtle. Like it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Especially mm-hmm. when the brother starts like Caleb Landry Jones has one of those faces. Yeah, I know. I I said to Cleo, I was like, even even when he's and playing like a rich, like yuppie, he still looks like a hippie weirdo serial killer. Or yeah, because wasn't he in? Uh, he was in mustache. Twin Peaks: The Return, and he was like a real piece of shit in that too. Yeah, his hair's slicked all the way back. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, he usually, I don't know, this stuff, I've seen him in a few different things, and he usually kind of plays, like, more yeah. scuzzy types. It, Greasers. It, work, it works for him, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, I really, I loved the reaction um, where, because it's like, I just, it it was one of the most relatable moments in the whole movie for me, um, where it was at that dinner scene where, he went on about like jujitsu and he's like, Oh, you know, the thing about jujitsu is like, if you do this, blah, 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 you can kill a man. And then Chris is just like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) The normal reaction. Just like, yeah. "Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Cool, man. I guess. (laughs) Yeah. He's like trying his hardest to just be like, this is normal. I'm trying to to get along with my girlfriend's weird family. Yeah. Um, But there's a lot of little things from, Bradley Whitford there just like Mm -hmm. even when he's just like listening uh different reactions to when Jeremy talks versus like the wife or he's the dad the dad the dad um and another uh, another thing I wanted to point out when you're talking about things you catch knowing the movie uh because it's kind of the whole it was it was his dad's whole like impetus for doing the thing was like when he when he talks about the the Olympics and like his 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 da- Bradley Whitford's dad losing to Jesse Owens, mm-hmm. and what is it? Chris says something like he's like yeah that was a oh he, he was like never got over it no yeah no Chris is like because Bradley Whitford was like yeah that was that was an amazing year that was an amazing triumph for human you know being the like yeah, yeah. woke woke that and then Chris like, is like. Chris is like thinking like personally like he's like yeah it must have been pretty rough for your dad and then Bradley Whitford just like looks and he's like yeah uh, like it, it, I I really like that he because of knowing knowing that that was 
the whole yeah. reason for what they were doing. Shit. I was like, ooh. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even make that connection yeah. afterwards. Like thinking I think, back. I think wow. I think that that dinner scene and then the the silent auction, those are my two favorite scenes in the whole movie. I, mm-hmm. I really dug those. Uh silent auction just because of the you know, it being silent and so like the idea and then just the way it was edited, the music yeah. to it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, for being a, a silent scene, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, oh my god, it was Rose's idea to go on the walk mm-hmm. to get him out of there oh, so they mm-hmm, could have yeah. the space to do the auction. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. It was all planned. The whole it of was. all of it. I yep. think it's like routine for them at this point since he's yeah she's like done at so least the at least the third or fourth person or at least like the fourth or fifth person she's brought yeah personally and she um, brought georgina mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the and fuck. the grandpa I yeah, yeah. His name walter was. walter yeah well that well that explains why he's like seen running around so much it's like because it's the grandpa who lost to jesse owens in his body oh my that's god why, that's why i mean that's I okay. Now, now he has an avenue for like his pure athletic right. skill. Right. That one I, I never, I never connected that. I never understood why the fuck he was running. <laughs> Just that yeah. was funny. <laughs> I I I I did put together like that explains why Georgina was always looking at herself in the mirror the whole time, like admiring her beauty or whatever, because mm-hmm. yeah. she was the grandma admiring the beauty of the black form that she was part of now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But dude, the guy, the grandpa running around. Wow. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I I just like I think of that running scene as like a microcosm because of how like memed it was. So I did not even <laughs> think of it yeah. in regards to the rest of the movie. It was like Yeah, wasn't there like a get out challenge where like people were just like yeah. basically replicating that just like <laughs> yeah. running like that. It was basically yeah. like the first twenty minutes was waiting for that scene and then the rest <laughs> of the movie was thinking of that scene. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um the other thing that I noted that I really liked um was the and this is like I guess a minor thing. Uh I was like behold the coagula is like very good um analog horror which is like mm-hmm. a genre that I've I guess I've been into but I didn't have a name for it. But it's that type of horror that's like like have you ever seen Local 58? No. It's it's like a YouTube series that it basically simulates like oh. those late at night like storm advisory warnings where it okay. does like the eh, eh, please be advised but it's like yeah. people will take that kind of stuff like something familiar like that and turn it into like something very unsettling and Ugh. creepy and horrific okay. but it has that like i'm watching local access at 3 a.m on my tv at and it's like seeing something creepy mm-hmm. and i thought the the little tape that he watches with like it's got like the slightly pitch distorted music mm-hmm, like an yeah. old tape from the 80s he's like if you're watching this you're probably wondering what's going on. and then at the end they're all just like behold the coagula and then like the text <laughs> yeah. just says it yeah, and then it shuts yeah. off i was like i i'm yeah. super into that kind of stuff like that analog horror of like you know i guess even our intro with like the vhs tape and like that <laughs> the sound effects and like the squiggly lines and that kind of shit yeah. mm-hmm. i think it's That's it's freaky, a perfect it's avenue fun for like yeah. creepy unsettling things you know i th- i think that that like uh not in it, it's slightly different because it's just this is more just with the natural uh aging 
of VHS tapes. But that's a thing where people say that, like, you know, watching, you know, uh, Friday the 13th on VHS is, like, mm-hmm. way more creepy than watching it on in, like, high def on streaming services because of that natural grain and wear that VHS gets it mm-hmm. makes movies more creepy when they have like a visual wear on them yeah. which i totally agree with uh um Did so you it's seen... like it's taking it's almost like it's like a meta real life take on that because that's just that wasn't an, an intent by the movie it's just yeah vhs tapes degrade over time but it's oh, kind right. it's the same kind of concept have you seen h bomber guy's video the scanline one uh, maybe that sounds familiar. I've watched a lot of his, m- his essays. It came out. I think it came out a couple of years ago. But it, I guess it's more about like aspect now. ratios. But he talks about like different aspect ratios and like TVs and like movies that were made in like widescreen on on like old TVs. You kind of cut out the sides. But it's very much like a love letter to like certain types of like VHS and like. I wonder. I wonder if that's what I was referencing. It, it, might, like, it might have been. Because I, I think there is a section of that video where he talks about, like, the, the nature of, like, VHS tapes and the degradation and the worn downness uh-huh. that's like, enhances the viewing experience of certain movies. I think okay. it also... I, I think it also maybe, like, list. subconsciously hits that thing when you're, like, a little... Because, like, I don't know, I guess when we were younger, we all we had were, like, VHS players. Like, DVDs mm-hmm. were sort of coming out. Mm-hmm. But I think watching a horror film on VHS almost like harkens back to like watching a horror movie on VHS when you're like nine and you're like, yeah. I'm not supposed to be watching this. And like, yeah. it's like a dark room and you've put the tape in and then it like, you know, the picture comes out and it's like slightly warbly. Mm-hmm. I think it like subconsciously like puts you in that little kid head state. Yeah. All right. Like think of like, uh, if either of you guys have seen ring or Ringu, uh, no, I need to. Where the uh, it's a it's directed by a friend of the podcast Gore Verbinski, director of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's our next get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, but like you know, they watch a VHS tape and they get the call. You know, seven days, and then they're like haunted mm-hmm. by the ghost till they die or whatever. But like the tape on that suit, like you can't even like make out half the shit because it's so like grainy and messed up and stuff. But that definitely adds to the creep factor in that video. And even mm-hmm. when they get the call from uh, the girl, uh, the ghost girl or whatever, it's like ghost crackly girl, yeah. audio. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm older thinking... technologies that degrade are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about old, like Nosferatu is really fucking creepy. Like 80s horror with the practical effects. It's like the more realistic and the more clean everything looks, the less spooky it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess cuz I I I do want to bring up uh I'm I'm not trying to like attack the movie, but I, I I don't want to. By the time we get to our ratings, not that I not that I'm trying to like jump right into that right this second, but I guess I should bring up some negatives because I don't think I'm gonna like this. I don't think I'm gonna rate this as highly as everyone else. Um, and one of the things bouncing off that same topic, I think the concept 
of course is terrifying like that that is a, a horrifying idea but mm. i don't think this movie is scary at all i think it's really tame and really like it, it's it's kind of a perfect it's it, it's too clean i think and that's that's a good it's a good thing on the standpoint of like i i like it from a directorial standpoint as far as like it's a really good first film having clean well shot scenes is a good thing but it can be a detriment when you're doing a horror movie and you can have controlled well shot horror scenes that are also effectively scary see mike flanagan um but i just it felt like the whole time it was cut and shot like a drama or something like that yeah i i i'm i i totally like i'm receiving at your wavelength right now totally (laughs) it's yeah i don't i don't see that as a bad thing because as as we've established earlier in uh in our uh spooky october series i i am not good at consuming horror media (laughs) yeah Um, true so but i i uh i i i see that and i see how that i see how i i watch your progression logically and it makes sense and i agree that it happened but but you disagree with the okay yeah 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 i i would i would hesitate to call this a horror movie i know like you know we went live we called Uh, it jordan peele's horror movie but like i would it's yeah it's more of like a suspense thriller drama i would i would say those three well over horror right i i wouldn't call it that but the general you know i think it's marketed as a horror the general Mm -hmm. like idea is that it's a horror that's that's what i was saying it's a better shorthand for people to like yeah it's a horror movie instead of saying like it's a socially aware thriller suspense drama like what i know four words to describe it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so so that's what i was saying that's why i was saying as a horror movie i don't find it that scary that's also kind of why like i was hesitant to even suggest this movie for us because i because I got the vibe, even like, like before having seen it, I just got the vibe that this isn't really like a Freddy Krueger scenario, or even <laughs> well, like a, well, or even or even like a Haunting at Hill House scenario where it's like, like I'm gonna I think kiss it, my pants every two seconds. Freddy Krueger scenario. It's Steven Root being like, "I want your eyes, bitch." I. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, no, I mean, I I still think it works for you know October spooky movie thon. Like yeah, like I I even said enough? when you brought up Clue, Clue would have been acceptable. You yeah. know, I mean, that's not a scary I, movie. It also but has it like works. an autumnal setting. Like it has an that's autumnal true. It setting. It does kind of feel yeah. True. It's yeah. like upstate did, New York in like October. Mm-hmm. The rest of the day, the only thought in my mind will be autumnal. Autumnal. <laughs> autumnal. <laughs> Oh, sorry to go back to like Freddy Krueger though. I was I we talked about Scream earlier. I was gonna say the Wes Craven cameo as Freddy the janitor. Oh yeah, that's where he's literally wearing the red and green striped sweater as he's mopping up the floor. Yeah, and the principal's like, "No, not you, Freddy." And yeah, and it's it's like literally Wes Craven dressed as Freddy Krueger as the janitor in the high school. Yeah, oh that's Uh, such a good cameo. Uh, Anyway, yeah, this didn't this wasn't. I, okay, so from 
so like when when shit got extremely real okay when when the when the when the switch flipped you know like the so third like, when she lifts the keys up um no i'm gonna say when he found the pictures of the other black okay. guys sure it's like yeah. five minutes before yeah yeah from that specific moment until rod picked him up um i i was i was i was i was clutching my comforter you know i was i was a little ner- i was a little nervous i was in a little fetal position watching this movie so i i was i was tense so i mean i'm very suggestible we've also established so like mm-hmm. i i i empathized pretty hard with like the scariness of it but yeah it's not as it's not it's not a scary movie it's yeah a I, movie. I i remember the first time watching it I felt a little tense at the end, but it was more like the way I'd feel tense for like Tom Cruise at the end of a Mission Impossible movie. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And not yeah. Nancy at the end of Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. This time I actually felt like that that whole climax was a little I got I was a little more drawn in by like when the girlfriend shoot you know, like the tail end of it. But coming through the house it just didn't really like grab me and maybe it was because I knew he made it out, but there's other poor climaxes where that I've seen before where I can be more uh, invested. And I, it also really bugged me that it's like, okay, you're only going to kill like three, three and a half people in this movie. Cause he doesn't like, he leaves the girl to like bleed out or whatever. Um, yeah. And they like the, the, the mom's death is so weirdly edited and it, you don't like how did you kill because it looked like she rammed like a butter knife through his hand yeah, yeah. and then he was like turning it towards her and then like and then you, heard you just the hear like a sound, sound. yeah, yeah but and like, then she falls it. and she's i'm like yeah. come on i, I want to see it I right i hate this chick i want to see that thing go into her eyeball <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> can we can we talk about how he's straight up like impaled the dad with the fucking antlers <laughs> <laughs> the like yeah. moose on the wall or whatever see that one's cool that one that was like a lot more fulfilling the only thing that bugged that, me was that, like that took he got rid of, of his best tools yes yes he, he, drew, like, he, he left behind the bocce ball he he took the earplugs out he took the fucking earplugs out. That that's, pissed that's me the, off so much. That's the thing that puts you in the sunken oh, place. Why? God. Like it's a good, it's you know it's like a good dramatic moment to be like, oh, that's how we got around it. But it's like, but do it okay, afterwards. Well, no, it's, it was so that take him out could, and put him back in. Like, it's come so that on. he could he could knock the teacup off the table. I mean, yeah, well, but yeah. I also didn't buy the whole like the whole setup with the the tea hypnotism thing was too it's like she does it once when they're like talking earlier in the day and then she does it and it just she's got him or she just like um a magic hypnotist i've always been a little skeptical of hypnotism in general but i can like let that slide for you know a movie yeah yeah but it was still a little too uh too quick yeah, I don't know. I think I I needed more of a, a a more. I think I needed that before he was like you know paralyzed, frozen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I what needed, Travis needed I need a little more. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I well, needed I, him I, to I guess... get her a buy her a knife and her not <laughs> like it or whatever. <laughs> my 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 read on that was that I think I think when Rose picks her targets, I think um I think uh familial or I guess any sort of like trauma is factored in. And sure. so I think I think she knew that like he had he had this incident where like his mother died and like he didn't do anything and right. like, he's holding that with him and so I think with that sort of trauma that would make him more susceptible to the hypnotism I, I, and so I read that as like that's why he was chosen because the mom knew that she could do it easy I'm blowing wow. loose his mind I, right I now. totally you understood really that are. I Holy totally understood shit. that. No, that like she basically says that there's like, you know, talking about that stuff opens you up and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just that obviously the tea clinking thing or whatever, the swirl, that was the thing that was actually like putting and that him was down. the anchor or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. then she could just without the prompt of, you know, later on, once it's hooked yeah. in his brain, you didn't need to bring up the, the trauma the mama right um yeah, was you could the just, mama trauma yeah mama <laughs> trauma bahama rama mama trauma <laughs> he just had to like you know see it on the tv it didn't even have to be like physically there so yeah i mean that could be a nitpick i just wish maybe they sh- yeah i guess it is kind of like the i just needed yeah. a little bit more I, uh, yeah it's like from so like if you're gonna use hypnotism as like uh a horror element mm-hmm. in a movie like you're not gonna like you're not gonna present it accurately anyway true you know i guess like i almost i almost would have preferred if it was just like she used magic or something you know <laughs> no, if it got a little super if it got a little supernatural Ron. i would have been like okay it's it's <laughs> fake but i can at least believe it you know, within the context of the out, and he crosses out magic. Like, fuck, magic isn't real. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that's literally like that's that's exactly how I do my research. But then, but then I'm he's just like, like, I'm just like, unless? how do you solve this fucking equation? Ah, fuck, magic isn't real. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It, uh, <laughs> every problem that you have to solve, the first thing you write down is like is magic. magic as an explanation. You're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like yeah, that he like but... brought the dog to the police station with him. Yeah, <laughs> as if yeah, like I, I need to like I- enhance my case. Like here's physical proof that there's a dog involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he didn't want to leave oh, I was gonna say he didn't want to leave the dog at the house, but literally he's left the dog at the house before, so maybe Yeah. Yeah, he's just yeah, he shows up to feed it and take it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. he like he literally <laughs> goes to work and the dog's so never mind. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess that was an interesting choice to bring the dog. But man, Rod Rod's fucking Rod is the man, dude. He yeah. he nailed it. He he called it as it was. He saw right through it. He knew, and he's the TS motherfucking A. He handles yeah. shit. <laughs> Consider this situation handled. <laughs> yeah. T S motherfucking A. <laughs> Yeah. So I, how about I that alternate he, ending? <laughs> oh yeah, we could we could get into that now, I guess. Oh yeah. Which realistically, I mean, I don't I don't think the alternate ending isn't too far fetched from what the real ending could no. be, because yeah. at the end of the day, and maybe you had the same thought, 
there's still a bunch of dead white people at a house and a bunch of yeah. people who can place Chris at that house. Yeah, because yeah. who are in invested in keeping that secret so i guarantee yeah. you all of those like family members and like friends are gonna be like yeah he did it and he escaped he fled yeah. the scene and the house is burned down which i wasn't sure if that was like bradley whitford's character like he knocked the candle down to try to be like in my last you know act i'm going to like burn the evidence or whatever uh yeah, he was either being i don't know if he was being clumsy or if there was any intent behind him trying to like because i mean the shit's burning down anyway so it's right, like they're yeah. not going to have a lot of conclusive evidence to go that's, by that's not a smoking gun for me it's a smoking <laughs> candle <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i i mean i like i like my more happy endings and like even though you could say what what you said that he very well could just go to jail after the you know credits roll oh yeah uh, he did but <laughs> in my but, head canon that's what happened Rod, like they, they drive away, and then they they get a fucking lawyer or some shit. And well, he goes to jail. here here's my smoking gun, and maybe it's maybe it's more like a smoking water gun. I don't know. It's not that great, <laughs> but like I think it's the fact that there ice. was an alternate ending where he did go to jail, and then they went with one where he didn't. I almost take that as him saying like he doesn't go to jail, because yeah, then we would have. Oh yeah, that. yeah, totally. I yeah, I I don't. Yeah. If if yeah. if the alternate ending wasn't there, I feel like it the ending that they went with would be a little more open ended as as far as that. But because there, so it's a little it's a little like it's it was taking, a happy ending. It's an it's a it's a yeah. meta reasoning for it. Um, yeah. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm extrapolating a lot to like yeah yeah feed yeah. into what I think would happen. But or whatever. If, if that's the thing is if there wasn't the alternate the ending to begin with. Yeah. If there wasn't that alternate ending. I would be more like open and, and receptive to that yeah. theory, but my but what I was getting to is that like I do like my happy endings. Just I've if if I like the characters, I mm-hmm. you know I would I would prefer Animal Farm to not end the way it would, but I get why it has to end that way, right? <laughs> and I kind of felt uh like with Oculus, I was like I almost feel like the alternate ending is like the logical conclusion. Yeah. Like Oculus is like that's a fucking downer ending, but was there an alternate ending to Oculus? No, no, the alternate ending. For oh, this okay. One. Um, sorry, sorry. Okay, I was like, no, Wait, the, what? the ending we got for Oculus, really fucking dark. Yeah. but yeah. it's like, oh, absolutely. It, well, but it makes it, sense. It, yeah, and it's. I think it's a more impactful ending to have that than just oh they they did it they broke the mirror, and right. in this yeah. it's like, even though it's a downer, it's like. I think especially with the messages that the movie was pushing, mm-hmm. it makes sense that the black guy goes to jail at the end and gets blamed for everything. I agree. I think it kind of sells the message short to, to not do that. And I guess I'll say this because weirdly enough, the, the alternate ending on mine had commentary over it, even though none of the other movie did. Maybe I had the option to watch the rest of the movie with commentary. <laughs> So I got Jordan Peele's commentary over it, and he said that, like, he was like, I wrote this movie in the Obama era, and he was like, I guess over time, we decided to reshoot it because it seemed like racism was being dealt with. And then I thought how this movie came out, like, right... It came out in, like, January of 2017. January or February, right when Donald Trump became president. 
<laughs> like, maybe he maybe he thought he should have went back to the original ending or something, but it was too late. <laughs> I don't know. He also said, which I didn't catch this, but he said that um, the reason Chris is like more okay and of sound mind at the end is because I guess him going back for Georgina, which I I almost like this also kind of bothered me because I really didn't get like I only saw it when I heard Jordan Peele say it but he said that him going back for Georgina at the end that was him beating his demon of not saving his mom I guess yeah Mm -hmm. I can see that I get it but then it's like but then immediately like it didn't feel like that a big moment when it happened I thought he was just like I sh- you know it's not I thought it was more just like a personal thing like he's like I shouldn't leave her she you know maybe maybe we can f- maybe we can fix her like it's not her well, fault or whatever not well yeah. no, that, to, it's not it's that not was the... definitely either way it was definitely linked sure because he had the it, flashback it, it flashed to the shot of him sitting in his bedroom while it's raining yeah. like it, it, it oh flashed yeah back. I guess you're right yeah. yeah, it flashed okay, yeah, my bad. to him sitting in his bedroom when his mom died. Okay. And it also no, flashed right. back to the scene where like she has the tear where it's like I think he got a glimpse and he's like there is something more going on underneath right, yeah. like the layers. It to be honest it did, even though I guess I forgot that part. I feel like it did that a little too much. That's another one of my gripes is when it did what too much. Uh well like when Steven Root is on the is on the TV and he's like I'm here to answer any questions you meaning the audience might have uh-huh. at this point. And then he's like going through stuff and it's like, Oh, this happened. And then it like flashes back and you see, I don't know, Chris getting hypnotized the first time. It's like, yeah, I know this already happened. Yeah. And then he's like I, yeah, talking I know about your mom and then it's flashing back to the mom. It's like, like yeah, the, I know. Like he kind of held, held our hand through it. it. Yeah. It felt really handholdy at the end. Yeah. Where he like, he's like, he's like, Oh, don't let me in with those other people who, th- who only want you for this. And then it's yeah. flashback to this guy. Or they only want you for this flashback to it's like no I yeah I I watched the movie I saw I, yeah. I picked up on that a little you know and and I and I think that's that's my main gripe with the movie as a whole is I think I think that's the most obvious example of it but I kind of feel that way about the whole movie I think it's I think the entire thing is very overt and very handholdy I can see that I think that's just the the most most blatant uh example of it again i see that i understand you i agree doesn't bother me okay <laughs> that's that's fine i'm not so trying like to henry convince... winkler in uh parks and rec he's like <laughs> i understand this and i love you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not i'm not trying to convince anyone here oh I, no i know i'm just i'm just i'm just you know like, you're just you're just affirming me I'm, you're being I'm a better here, dad than uh adam trask I'm, <laughs> to share my opinion about this movie because that's apparently what a podcast does mm-hmm. and here i am that's I'm, what this I'm, one does I'm, i guess there's there's your opinion and then i shared my opinion that's how com- it's called a conversation so you, say, you say your thing okay we're breaking down podcasting to its base form <laughs> and then and then i say and then i say my thing and then okay. i also say words now yes. what what even are words uh are they're just uh consonants and uh the I'd, other one i i <laughs> there's two there's two uh, 
The only reason I know is because I've been watching uh, Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown, the uh, the British comedy panel show where they where they do word games and they, they oh, ask what about yeah okay yeah and and that's that's the only reason why I know what the other one is. It's because... I, I I do want to add that despite all of my issues with it, I I would have voted for Obama a third time. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 oh man i i want to yeah. i want to talk about the best ending would have been if obama had drone struck the house <laughs> there it is there it is <laughs> i want to talk about rose before you know she's in on it uh-huh and like how she was fucking great you know uh-huh like mm-hmm. she wasn't perfect, obviously. Like she had like the moments, a couple of, like, little slip ups, misunderstandings. She and, was like she was my favorite one to watch on a on a rewatch. Like looking for the little slip ups really? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because she um, and I I was the most disappointed in her in the conversation where Chris was legitimately scared and he's like yeah they're him on the walk or whatever and she's like dismissing him. And then at the end, after he, you know, gets a little emotional, then she says, it's okay. You know what? Let's go. And I'm like, oh, so she does get it. <laughs> also, apparently, she she's in on it. So never mind. But, like, I could, um, yeah, there you go. That's that, that's what I wanted to say about that. She's, well, it's like I the, mean, she's the word gaslighting the most... gets thrown around a lot. And I think that is her depiction of, like, how she basically convinces him not to, like, trust his instincts is like that's like a perfect example mm-hmm. of like like real gaslighting. Yeah. And which which when what specifically are you talking about? Cuz they had several conversations. Like I want to like which the, the, I think the one that you were talking about before they go for a walk when he's like legitimately like like telling her that like No, I'm talking about uncom- where they're on, I was talking about when they're on the walk. Oh, I, I think the conversation in her bedroom beforehand. Oh, that's right. The that the phone conversation, like when when yeah, Georgina yeah, yeah. kept unplugging his phone, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. like, like what? She wants to unplug your phone, right? Like, like, like that's yeah. a silly thing to You're think. Right. That's like, why would you accuse yeah. her of doing that? That's dumb. That's why would she do point. that? Especially yeah, because that, that she, she's probably she's probably saying exactly what's happening, because she knows yeah. what's happening, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that kind of sucked. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like that obviously and, uh, like, she sucked because she was the bad guy. She's she has her own article on villains.fandom. Nice. Of course, <laughs> there's uh, a she does. Yeah, that part where he was crying though that that was kind of like that was that was pretty harsh. Like that that made me feel bad. That and then the 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 scene he has with Stephen Root too, uh, where they're sitting at the the thing uh, outside. It's like the one mm-hmm. conversation he has with him before. Who is Steven Root? He's the guy who who wins the blind guy Chris's that wins body. The blind guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Bill Dotry um, from King of the Hill. Yeah. Um and it, it that one is a real bummer to me knowing that he was the one who mm-hmm. was going to win him or whatever. Yeah. Uh cuz it like for Chris, he was like the one person that he connected with because he didn't talk about, you know, he didn't try to talk about social. Yeah. He was just like, Hey, you're a good photographer and I really like your work. And then Chris was like, Hey, you're an amazing like curator. 
I really respect you. And it, it felt like the one yeah. non-racially involved like conversation he could have with one of those people. And then that's the person that that's that <laughs> takes him or whatever. So that one, yeah. watching that back, uh, that one, that one kind of stung. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do we want to move into uh, wrap up slash final thoughts? I, I'm, I can do that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I've I've kind of ran out of things to say. I think. Okay. Um, I'll. Which never happens for me. <laughs> I'll 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 start us off. I I don't I th- I think mine will be a little quicker than usual. I don't feel like I have any you know overarching like I don't have like a thesis statement. Um, other than like, (laughs) I guess I, I had like the same overall take on the movie, um, from memory because it'd been a few years since I'd seen it, obviously, but I really thought I was going to like it more upon second watch. And I was like, yeah, I, and then like when I watched us, um, I remember watching that and thinking like, oh, it was fine, but I didn't like it as much as get out. Right really huh. but now and i've only seen us once but now i think i from memory and maybe you know maybe us will go down just as much as this one did on a on a rewatch but i don't think so i think i like the the wacky like how how out there that movie gets and tim heidecker's <laughs> fucking great in that movie <laughs> 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 he does like the <laughs> that thing yeah um yeah tim heidecker's amazing in that yeah so i'm i'm curious like what i'll think on, on a rewatch of that but i do think now also having been a couple years since i've seen that i think i do like that one more than i like this one now even though i think overall this is a more memorable movie i having only seen both of them a single time previous uh, how to this, can it not be memorable with the premise that it has well i think i think us has a way more like out there true plot sure but like the scene to scene stuff i think was more uh i i just remembered a lot of different whatever it is you know like characters scenes shots i remembered more from this movie than from us got it uh and i would still give the points to this one for that but um all that being said i think i'm landing at a six um so I liked it. It's just one that, like, I don't know if I ever need to watch it again. Um, it's a little too ham-fisted for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and I like Rod a lot more. He he was the he was like the major <laughs> thing that went up in my books. I, I liked him a lot more, um, which is good because especially that that near the end, you're really loaded on with like a lot of it. It's it's almost more on him than it is on Chris in like the last like half hour of that movie. Um, yeah. Also, I just want to note too, that the dad is like a terrible doctor because one, he starts the operation before Chris is even in the room. And then after he's removed the guy fucking skull and his brain is exposed to the air, he leaves the room. Yeah. I get that. It's not in a hospital, (laughs) which makes it worse. But like, do you know how how fucking easy that. it is for somebody with a part of their body exposed to get an infection? That's why hospital rooms are so sterile. And so, like, it doesn't well, matter it... if he transferred his brain into Chris's body; he'd die from sepsis in a few hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from brain sepsis. Uh, um, six out yeah, of ten. I'll I'll go. I'll go. I guess I'll go next. Um, so this is like the third time I've seen it, and I I think I kind of. 
bounced back and forth a little bit. I think I liked it a lot when I first saw it. The second time, I was like, eh, that's okay. Like, I don't... Eh. Like, I, I think the second time I saw it, I was like, this is kind of ham-fisted. And the th- I think after re-watching it again, uh, I guess for me, I think it holds up really well. And I think it holds up really well in repeat viewings. One, so you can pick up on those little subtle things. Yeah. I think it's like an, a more entertaining watch once you know kind of what's what's about to happen and then mm-hmm. oh they did this or oh this this had a double meaning what this character said um but i guess i think for me it's like it's more interesting to spark a conversation kind of like the one that we had earlier only maybe more nuanced with <laughs> better articulated points yeah. um but I, I i i think i guess as like a social commentary I, I think it does a lot it balances a lot of hats uh i think True. it's like social commentary has a lot, thriller has a suspense mm-hmm. drama not as much horror i feel like that's a bit of like that's that's bloomhouse trying to like brand <laughs> yeah. their movie as like the new horror film could be it's, like, it's not really it's not really that could be it's like that's bad marketing um but yeah i i, I really enjoyed it the on the th- the, th- the third viewing I guess I'm the t- I, for me it does take multiple viewings for a movie to like see if I like really really like it or really don't like it. Mm. Um, yeah, I gotta sit with it a little bit more. But I think uh, for this one, uh, I feel like I've given the last like four movies eights, but I'm gonna give this one an eight as well. Okay, interesting. I see that's what I think too. I I think a majority of ours I've given seven or eights. But to me, yeah. that's not like a bad thing. It's like, you know, we're picking movies that are considered true. Usually we're yeah. picking movies that are considered good. So like true. We have a separate that natural one. So right? like, yeah. 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 I love this movie. Had a really good time. Um, I enjoyed the premise. I think it was done well. All I agree with all of the negative things we had to say about this movie, but none of them are really that bad to me. Sure. Um, I guess one thing that just kind of popped in my brain about the like horror thing is like racism nice. isn't scary to me. <laughs> Sorry, I and... don't. Th- I don't think you meant that to be funny. But it... <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder. I'm not afraid to t- speak my if, truth. <laughs> if racism was scary to me, and like. Um, part of my lived experience if if that would have made the movie scarier mm. that's a good point yeah and um yeah because i i just uh you know being three white guys and their cats talking about this movie like <laughs> like, like we're only them. gonna see it the way that we see it and sure uh i i'm, I'm really curious i'm gonna have to like watch a bunch of like video essays about this or something to see like what mm-hmm. like how how do a lot of black people like respond to this movie because that's i'm really curious about that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but um the black people aren't the ones on this podcast rating the movie so i'm gonna give it a fucking eight i liked it <laughs> oh, okay. all right this this nice. this white moose his antlers this white pale your dad <laughs> i uh I give, I give it a fucking eight out of ten baby Let's watch. Also, this movie. that was uh, in the... that was Jordan Peele's one credit in the movie was he was the sound of the deer dying. Oh, really? The... <laughs> really? <laughs> that was that was Jordan Peele. Whoa! Uh, I will say, if the movie was more, sp- I feel like I would still land at the same number. I don't think it would change my number grade if I did find it 
more spooky. I didn't mean to take to really sound like I was like attacking the movie itself. It was more it the marketing. Like it was it was yeah. more just the marketing and all that. Um, and I will say I, I think I am pretty good at. Uh, I was I look back at my. Because whenever, uh, whenever I watch the movies for these, I then go to Letterboxd and do a little review like, hey, we're covering this on this week's There Will Be Duds. Come I watch saw you gave here, it blah, blah, blah. three stars. That was, my old, that. that was my old rating. And when I saw oh. that, because after I watched the movie, I had six, six out of ten in my head. And then when I went to do the rating, I had already rated it. And I was like, hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, there's some there movies. There's some movies where I'd agree with you, where it's taken a couple of viewings. But I think most of the time, I'm pretty good at, at. I'm I'm pretty set in my. You're consistent. Yeah, I think so. I think more more often than not. Um, but yeah, cool. I'm I'm glad that we that we covered it. It was it was a fun one to revisit. Mm-hmm. Wow, my voice broke like crazy there. It. <laughs> it it was it was a fun one to revisit, like for this but it's also one where like i said i i don't i can't see like rewatching it again um and i like i like the discussion we got it was a little yeah a little different um yeah yeah i i uh i i, I was skeptical tj when you were saying that like oh we can talk about this movie without getting into like the racism and shit and i was like really and then like we got into the racism and shit and then we were like this is exhausting let's move on and then and then you know you're that right. was like I said. That was I'm, all. I, all of my I'm notes impressed. were. <laughs> yeah, like we can talk place. about it like as a movie. It's kind of like it's kind of like the the thing about like we can interact with, with black people like as a person and not like as a black person. And so like we can oh, interact shit. with this movie as a movie and not as a black movie. And that's how I, saying, I think. I that's my thing, and that's my issue with like, uh, a lot of marketing for like modern movies. It's like everybody should just watch movies as movies. And not like a political message that's like whether it's whether it's good or bad. See, that's why I didn't want to come out. That's why I didn't want to come off as. But like, uh, like Oscars, uh, the Oscars are like very uh, guilty of playing into. Yeah. You know. Oh, this this year we're gonna we're gonna give a, a a black person an Oscar because we got called out for not nominating any right black people last year. So now everybody's cool with this, right? Okay, all right. So next year we don't have to nominate any black people again. Yeah. <laughs> Here, yeah. Here's our like here's our totally video. neutral apolitical review of Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like Harvey Weinstein was probably on the board at that time anyway. Yeah, so real. like, who? Jesus. Well, there's yeah. like there's like a really famous interview with him like defending Hillary Clinton, and he calls Bernie Sanders like a sexist, and it's like Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> it's like it's it's, it's, a good it's so perfect. It's so <laughs> perfect. It's so goddamn funny. That's awesome. Um, oh, Her claws yeah. are so oh, deep in my uh, shoulder right now. I'm in pain. I'm in pain. Hillary Clinton's claws or <laughs> Yeah. I've uh, sorry. Uh, I've been like uh, the... I've been I've been targeted by the deep state, and uh, uh, I've won. Yeah. Um, uh, Travis isn't here, but he watched the movie and he gave it a seven. Well, seven point five. He well, edited too bad it. he's not. Oh, on he the did. Sh- he's not Fuck on the him. show. No, so. it's yours only. <laughs> we haven't haven't had one of those in a while. He's not. He's not on the show, so we have to cut that number out. Um, it's not getting recorded for. It's not posterity. factored into the uh... <laughs> for to the average. <laughs> um, oh yeah, so, something I forgot to mention as like uh. Well, it it's it doesn't even have to do with like the movie itself really. But 
um during the the hypnosis scene she he she's like what's the weather like and he's like it was raining and then she's like find the rain and then it start you start to hear the sound effect i swear to god like the exact same time it came on in the movie it started raining outside our house and that Whoa. like kind of that was the freakiest part of the whole movie Whoa, for me spooky <laughs> i was in i was watching it in d-box for that scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay, please get down um okay next uh movie. yeah next movie uh I think I'm just going to say that, uh, and this, this doesn't matter for, for you podcast listeners, but I think we're going to do another, another double up, um, because I might be gone for another month. Um, <laughs> so we might be doing the, our next two episodes back to back. So I'll do mine. And then Nick is going to hit us with the dud for the month after that. Yes. And we'll be doing, we'll be recording and streaming those. Uh, same day, uh, but yeah, podcast. It should be a, a normal, regularly regularly yeah. scheduled episodes or whatever. Uh, so I actually I actually had a lot of movies uh, on my list. House was one of them, but I was mostly just I was just being a bitch. I I don't think I was going to go with that at that point. I had I had oh. settled after we got one of the other uh, recommendations. Uh, because of its relation to it. I am going with the 1980s remake of the 50s sci-fi monster movie classic about an uh, a shape-shifting people-eating monster. That's not the thing. It's the 1998 The Blob. Um, <gasps> nice. Okay. Because it is directed... By Chuck Russell the Third, who directed Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Dream Warriors, oh. and it is co-written by Chuck Russell and one of the other writers of Dream Warriors, who I completely forgot to mention in our podcast, Frank Darabont, who who Holy did shit. the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile and the Mist. Oh. Um, I I had him in my notes when we were talking about Dream Warriors. I totally forgot about it. That was more of like a suit. There was like four or five writers on that one. This one is just Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont. So I feel like it'll be a little more focused. Um, But I've heard a lot of good things about it. I knew nothing about this, but I saw this at like a secondhand store. And I saw Donovan (laughs) Leach was one of the credited uh, people in it. And I was like, what the fuck? I uh, because Donovan is is one of my favorite musicians. He's a he's like a folksy uh, artist from the '60s. He Hurdy Gurdy Man, Mellow Yellow, Sunshine Superman. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "What the fuck is he in a movie?" So I bought it outright. Turns out it's his son, but that's still cool. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of little ties to to different stuff. Um, Jeffrey DeMunn, who's in like every Frank Darabont movie, is in this too. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 really excited. I've I've been wanting to watch this for a while. Uh, so yeah, 1988, The Blob. Uh, and then after that, for our dud. Uh, after that, did I decide on Wish Upon or Bedeviled? I don't remember. You, you were saying I said Bedeviled. bedeviled. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Bedeviled. Uh, Yeah. So this is a 2018 horror movie that uh, Trevor and I watched 
I think r- r- pretty soon after it came out, we were like going through like Amazon Prime and Netflix and just trying to find like shitty horror movies to watch and, mm-hmm. and that was one that came up and uh it we laughed our asses off it was so but it was it was bad it's it's about like this uh, this girl who gets like an app on it's it's a haunted app movie okay sweet and she it's oh. like an app it's like an app that she gets that's supposed to be like a personal tracker that's like hey you have to go do this today remember to drink water but then it's like the app gets corrupted and then it starts killing people like that it's Disney very Channel original movie about the house smart like, house smart house oh that was one of my that was one of my favorites uh but this one it, it's so great because it, it 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 has a few key ingredients that i feel like are integral to like these types of bad movies. Cool. One, it's got like thirty-year-olds playing high school-aged kids. Hell yeah. Awesome. Two, it's like written by like probably two forty to fifty-year-old dudes. And three, <laughs> it's about technology and young people written by said forty to fifty-year-olds. <laughs> awesome. So you Perfect. know Perfect that it's storm. just like their tenuous grasp of technology is like what's awesome what's it's that so awesome movie yeah let's see it's di- is... it's written and directed by the vang brothers oh okay and and the lead actress's name is saxon charbino which sounds like one of hassan's nicknames for ben shapiro <laughs> <laughs> shabibo saxon charbino <laughs> what holy shit what a name <laughs> Okay, they What's are that? well. At least one of them is thirty nine now. So yeah, they're pushing forty. Yeah, I was I was curious. What is that movie that was like, like it's a horror movie, but like it's all like ha- taking place on a computer screen? You know what we're talking about? Like, Unfriended. Is that the one where? Like, oh, sorry. Like know. the whole thing like, is on the computer. There's FaceTime that happens, and so it's like you're watching the movie, but you're not watching the movie you're watching a computer screen right yeah yeah. and so the whole time is just like interacting on social media and stuff and then someone goes missing or there's a you're thinking of either unfriended i think there's another one or searching which was actually pretty good searching is like the one of those that i've seen that's that's pretty decent with john cho i think i might be thinking about unfriended okay yeah it's unfriended is that any good it seemed like it was i don't think so i don't yeah i've heard not <laughs> but anyway that is those are the movies for next time cool. yep the blob next times and then after that be deviled the uh, devil day next time in our non-specific date and time that will be announced in the near future <laughs> yeah <laughs> um maybe it'll be in the morning we can have brunch again yeah <laughs> oh yeah a little brunch yeah. Uh, remember to follow us and find us on all the social medias. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, YouTube. YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're mm-hmm. on Pornhub. We're on uh, <laughs> OnlyFans. We're on OnlyFans. We're on we're DeviantArt. On web. <laughs> DeviantArt. Yeah. Um, Duds Rule Thirty Four. Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and then, uh, yeah, make sure you watch those two movies if you don't want to be spoiled before the episode. Uh, and I am your, uh, milk and cereal eating separately, uh, 
damn it. Uh, changing length bangs, uh, girlfriend. <laughs> um, <laughs> TJ or J-Spot, Jack Cheese, and I think Black Panther should have won Best Picture. Just want to say that. Um, <laughs> oh, my and with God. Me, with me, as always. <laughs> uh, I am your uh, Time Lord Olympian grandfather, <laughs> um, and I think that uh tyler perry should be the president uh uh, nick aka dr funk on twitch i am your uh ts motherfucking a agent come to save the day and um something racist i'm moose (laughs) (laughs) that was perfect that was Nice wrap up. All right. Okay. See see y'all later.